Again. Step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. 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 Right. That connects with turn, turn, out, in, jump. Step, step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. Got it? Going on. And turn, turn, touch, down, back, step, pivot, step, walk, 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 right. Let's do the whole combination facing away from the mirror. From the top. A five, six, Welcome to Point seven, Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Bianca And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. But before we do, we actually have a special guest with us on today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Grace Stoffer. she, her. Um, I'm a New York City dancer and choreographer. Um, Wonderful. Tell the people where they can find you. After they listen, they're going to want to find you. Tell them where they can find you. Okay. You can find me on Instagram at Gracie Goldfish, G-R-A-C-I-E, Goldfish, or on my website, gracestoffer.net. This week's topic is Return of the Dancer. So in our last few uh, episodes, we've been talking about things returning to normal or whatever that means, but returning back for in-person classes, in-person learning, um, and competitions. So before we uh, we thought about this idea of bringing someone on to kind of talk with us about what it means to do competitions after, excuse me, after the pandemic, or I shouldn't say after, because parts of the world are still very much dealing with it in this current stage of the pandemic. Um, and then as that happened, I actually ended up setting two pieces for a competition myself, for a competition studio myself. So we felt like this is the perfect time to kind of bring up the subject. Yeah, um, I think that you know, I've said this before, I'm ex- really excited to hear what Grace has to say just about, um, you know, dance and class and performing in general, what we've kind of been talking about recently, like Tony said, returning to it in person, but primarily getting from the eyes of um, of someone who's now judging competitions and what that looks like. We could say, I guess we'll call it post-pandemic. It feels like we're getting to that realm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before we so before we dive into directly to the competitions, I want to talk about in-person classes in general. And not I mean Danielle have talked about the perspective of teaching these classes, but I want to kind of get into like the taking of these classes because I know I've been seeing recently so many people are being like, I'm back in a studio for the first time in almost a year or a year or months. Um, and I believe we announced it last episode, but we didn't talk about it, is that uh, two of the major um, dance studio spaces in New York have opened back up. So Broadway Dance Center and Steps have opened their doors again. I think Gibney Dance has also opened their doors again. Perry, I don't know if I've seen Perry, Perry Dance is open too. So yeah, so all these spaces are open and I'm seeing daily the kind of well up of emotions from like dancers being back in like our sanctuary. So I think that would be kind of the great place to start. Have you had a chance to go back to do in-person classes yet? So I ha- um, I actually have not gotten back into this their studios. I have rented my own space to take class with friends. 
um, but I haven't actually like been in the, the big class studios. Um, I have tried and have not been able to get a slot, which is its own challenge because so the so for anyone who's listening who might not know, the way that it's working right now is around three days before, depending on the studio, um, at like midnight, the slots open. And so you kind of have to like set a timer or whatever. And I actually last week was trying to, to get a slot um, for a particular theater class. And I had an alarm set for exactly midnight. And at 12.01, I refreshed the page and all the slots were gone. Oh, yeah, gosh. I'm honestly not surprised. I remember <laughs> my parents. So this is not dance, but my parents go to a spin studio and they like, it's the same, or it was the same thing. The spin studio is like way more open now, but it was the same thing where it'd be like, my dad would be like, I remember being home for the holidays. And my dad was like, you have to set an alarm for midnight. Like he's like, set it for 1159, open the app and hit refresh at midnight or you won't get a bike. Like same thing. And it's wow. stressful. It is stressful. <laughs> it's pretty stressful. And no, go right ahead, Grace. Like, I'm dying to get back into a studio, and especially for, like, for ballet and tap particularly, where the floor makes such a big difference. Yeah. Um, I just want to get there. So my advice for anyone else who is doing the sign-up thing, if you got a slot last week, let someone else have your slot next week. Yeah, and see, okay, that would be so nice. This reminds me of, it's called um, Optus United Theater. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember all the names of it, but, like, auditioning for parts in college and it was the same thing they only had x amount of audition slots and every year the website would crash it would like slots would fill up so we would set our alarm and be like waiting for the lot for it to get posted and like everyone diving and like all of us sitting in the green room of our college theater like on our laptops trying to be like i got a spot i got a spot like that's yeah that's it's insanity it's stress yeah. I love that we're returning with stress that's what we're doing to our I also I like that because I think that's fair too like if you did get into a class and you took a class like I get wanting to continue to but like yeah maybe like take a week off like because I personally I just also feel like with work like I'll probably just wait until June at this point like you know it's May I'll wait till June when I'm like off for the summer and then I'll like try to go to class because what's the point right now I feel like right I totally feel that. Yeah, because I like there's like one or two slots that I can even actually make with my schedule right now. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get into that class, I can't get into that class. That's it. Oy, 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 oy. As we continue talking about like just being back in person, we have to get to competitions. So at this point, Danielle and I have done two competition episodes because the world of competition dance just never stops. <laughs> there's always so mm-hmm. much that you get figured out and then someone else does something completely ridiculous and now you're caught in it again. Um, and in particular, we wanted to, what made me think of you is we really like, we should, you have to give grace to yourself as you're going into such a, in reality, low pressure situation, but as you're actively in it, it feels exceedingly high pressure. And I know I felt that way, setting pieces, judging competition over the years, it feels like so much pressure. And then I get outside of the competition bubble and I was like, oh, that was, oh, I have to do better about managing my stress while I'm in this situation. Mm. I'm so surprised at how quickly these competitions were able to get up and running and turn things around. And the fact that studios, like 
I have like old family for old, like not family friends, like childhood friends of mine own a studio in like down in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and they do competitions and they like just reopened in, I don't know, mid-February. Like, and even then, like they haven't really had a lot of classes till March and they're like, have already gone to a competition. Nah, like last week and they went to a competition. And I just was like, wow, like I just am so surprised at like these studios turning things around so quickly and the competitions turning things around so quickly. There is a competition studio out in Brooklyn that is has gone to their second competition already as of this past weekend. So, and even the ones down here, granted, I am in Georgia. So like they have had interesting moments about feelings of a pandemic, but like I... It's kind of how I've always said this on the reverse of this. I said, we knew the pandemic was bad because billion dollar industries were getting shut down left and right. Mm -hmm. On the reverse of that, billion dollar industries don't want to stay shut down long. So therefore they're going to get things up and running and the kids are feeding for it. The kids really want it. And I think adults have to be the smart ones about it because there's been a couple places that have asked me to do some stuff and I'm like, yeah, what are your COVID protocols? And they didn't have any in them. And then I stopped talking to them, but before we keep going, I want to take a moment and like Grace, so like we've talked about this on the show and I'm sure we'll add, uh, fill you in on our past with competition dance, but like, what is your history at competition dance? Did you do them? Were you a part of them? Like, so funnily enough, I did not grow up competing. Um, actually the first competition I ever went to was the first one I judged. Um, I grew up in a very, in a, in a very ballet intense school. Most of Yeah, most of the, like, I was full on training to be a ballerina up until like 16. Um, And that's, and most of the girls that I grew up with, um, kind of, that's where they went. They're all in companies. They're all beautiful ballerinas. Um, But that's kind of where I grew up. Like, I was fortunate that we also had really good programs for jazz and um, tap, although I didn't tap growing up, Um, contemporary that kind of stuff at our studio but the focus was ballet and we did not compete they did have every once in a while they would decide that they were gonna like go to a competition and I think it was partially because one of our kids decided they like really wanted to go that year um I think if we're gonna be really technical about it I went to one single competition when I was seven and did a a group number and I have no recollection of it (laughs) Love it. It exists. However, I have no recollection of it, so I don't count it. Um, so yeah, so I did not grow up um, a competition kid at all, um, for better or for worse. And then I, I was very much in more of the concert dance world when I was in college. I was in a couple of contemporary companies, and like that's kind of where I lived. And it really wasn't until I got to New York that I started doing more like commercial, quote unquote, dancing, dancing. Um, <sighs> So competition is an interesting thing for me. And I feel like part of why I am, I guess I'll toot my own heart, a good judge um, is because I have the perspective of someone who didn't grow up in the competition world. I completely agree with that. And I know we are going to get controversy over this because some people feel very differently. Some people feel like to judge competition dance, you had to grow up in it. I never did competition dance growing up. I did competition theater growing up which is a whole weird thing but again always had danced and so when it came time to judge it I wasn't coming from the perspective of someone that was always in the studio and so it's just totally different but I think having that outside perspective 
one, you're probably about the same as me. I'm a lot harsher on technique because I'm not going to let that slide just because you want to get this thematically. I get why you did it, but technique wise points off. Yeah. I talk a lot about technique. Um, I'm usually, I tend to be the one that's on the panel that has all of the technique background. So I'm like mm. the one that taught, I mean, not, not to say that the other judges aren't technical. They definitely have technique backgrounds, but they usually have come from a different kind of background than I do. So usually it's, it's almost relied upon that. Like I will be talking about all of the technique things, um, which I am totally fine with. Um, and my biggest qualm, I guess, is because I don't see it that often where people are sacrificing technique for a specific like look of something. I see it more that people are sacrificing technique for a performance, for mm -hmm. the faces, for um, look how cool it is when I hit this really giant line, but like your hips up and it's not pointed at, through your toes and you're not in your center, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, that I feel like that's what I see more. So then I guess we have to start to, before we can compare it to currently, we have to talk about like, what were your, and again, we, we are not, we've said this a billion times, we are not knocking competition dance. We are, again, it is, I will say it, I have a love-hate relationship. There are some moments that I'm like, uh-uh, and other moments like, absolutely. Uh, I say this as someone who had a competition dance team, like, <laughs> so I get it. What do you feel were the, and this is for you too, Danielle, like, what do you feel like were some of the big principles or kind of the big consistencies of competition dance before we got into the pandemic? Do you want to go first, Dan? Um, well, I was going to say like, I don't, you know, I, I didn't, I never judge. I did competitions when I was younger in elementary school. And then when I switched, I've talked about this before, when I switched studios around sixth grade or so, or so I was in the same kind of boat as Grace. So I went to like a very ballet heavy studio and we didn't do competitions. But just from watching kind of videos of, of other studios, studio owners and, and kids that I know doing competitions, um, you know, I agree where I feel like it became very like, um, oh, look how this is like a cool move. Like this is like the in tech technique, quote unquote, move right now. And like everyone was doing the same thing. And there was no... Um, I feel like sometimes we lacked artistry because it was all about like this technique move, then this technique move, then this technique move. And it was like, what's the popular move right now? Um, but that's my opinion, mostly from an outside perspective, but that would be my take on it. I would agree with that. I definitely think there's a lot of, especially when it comes, and I'm this is going to get controversy, especially when it comes to acro moves in non-acro pieces. Look, don't get me wrong. I love a good like front handspring at the, the height of that music to really give it emphasis. But if you're doing three tumbling passes or putting you know, pushing off the ground into a back walkover every single time, I have some questions. So that's a that's a big one for me. And I but like in terms of strengths, I feel like generally like dances were always very clean and they were always very um I, perfor performative in a good way like mm -hmm. they would they knew where their audience was they they generally speaking had a little more of it like more of a stage presence and that's I totally agree with that because I think that for me was was always my favorite part of competitions prior is that like when the camaraderie I think if we're going to give if we're going to give something always to competition dance it's that like your team has your back. Like you ever want 30 girls all in perfect synchronization competition, it's going to give it to you. Yeah. And, and seeing all of those girls want it. 
like that's also the other part that I really I really loved about judging competitions is that like it's often hard when I have to give bad bad advice or bad news or whatever but like I know that this eight-year-old girl wants this as this is the most important thing in her world right now and so there is a level of dedication there and I think that is something that I will always love about competition dance and I think it's why I am so critical of it because the adults in that child's life have got to do everything they can to protect their bodies, to protect their artistry and make sure they have a future in dance. And I don't think that is always done. So now we have to ask them what, what does competition dance look like now? How has the pandemic, I don't want to say necessarily the pandemic, I want to say quarantine because it's very, we, we can't, this is going to sound soapboxy, I don't want to negate the privilege that some of us have had in quarantine of like I'm in the South and like there, everybody has a garage. Everybody's got a basement. Most people have a living room and a den. So like, right, you know, so like there, it is not hard to find a space where you can do a full jeté, you know, let alone, a, a, you know, a reduced down living room combination. So it is there, I just, I know quite a few people in rural suburban areas that have that, you know, like if, um, if we're going to talk about competition dance, we have to talk about Fort Worth, Texas, where it's like the mecca of competition dances. And there are tons of studios there. Majority of those kids have garages, have basements, because it's just the suburbs. So like they have, they have had the space, space wasn't, wasn't, may have not been a contributing factor to their quarantine ability to learn dance. That still doesn't negate that, like I said, it was online and everyone was going through a pandemic. So I, I don't want to ignore that point, but I just don't want to completely say that's the sole purpose why everyone had that advantage. Yeah, so what the biggest things I've noticed, the biggest things I've noticed, um, generally speaking, if you had good technique pre-pandemic, it has not gone away. Um, even if it's, if, if those kids have been learning virtually, which, um, oh, actually I've found that unless you're in some of these big, um, some of these big urban areas, yep. they've all kind of been back in person for a little while. Yes, we they have. have. Yeah. Yes, they have. Um, so, I mean, one of my studios, so I teach at two different studios in New Jersey, um, and one of them was only online last spring. We've been in person the whole year. And the other one is um, we, we've been online, but we came back to in-person this year. Um, but a lot of the places that we've been judging in competitions, they've almost all been in, they've been in person for the whole year. So, um, but I will say, so the biggest things I've noticed out of and I know, and also, I'm, they're very lucky. <laughs> like, I, it's yes. amazing. I don't want to negate that. I'm with you. Like, yes. you're just lucky. Cause I've, I also, there's a studio that I've worked with off and on down here in Georgia where, like, by the time I got down here last July, they were finishing online, about to go in person. So they've been in person basically since the end of last summer. And yeah. they were like, you know, like something crazy would happen. Mm, we're going to shut down for a week, you know, but like generally speaking, they've been in studio with mask on cranking it out like normal. So yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from. You're like, they're just really lucky. Yeah. Um, so the, the biggest things I've noticed watching people, watching these kids perform is the, um, it's really two big things. 
number one is facial expressions. Mm -hmm. I either get nothing Mm. or I get really over the top. Um, I forget what is mugging, I guess is the term. Emoji faces. I call them emoji Emoji faces faces. because they're so over the top that it's like, it's like an emoji. It's like, I'm looking at an emoji, not an actual person. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's either that, or I literally get like nothing, not even a smile, nothing, no twinge of anything happening, no emotion. And it's very strange. And I think I, I'm attributing it to wearing your masks so much because especially Mm. for a kid who is learning how to use their expressions, especially when it comes to things like, like if you have a lyrical or a contemporary piece, you're actually giving me more motion rather than just giving me a smile. Um, but because they, especially often in the studios are wearing their masks their whole time, it's, it's almost as if they either, they forget about it or, um, some, maybe some of them haven't quite gotten learned, learned it yet. And, and now they're like behind because it has been a year of, or more now of that. Um, but on the other hand, I have seen some companies, um, cause the other thing is that for our competition, it is optional if you want to if you want to wear a mask on stage or not um so we do have some studios who will come in and every single person wears a mask the whole time totally fine um we don't take off points for that like that's that's your choice um and i have seen some of those dancers who wear a mask their entire time and are giving it to me with their eyes yes absolutely like i i had that same thing happen where i was setting this piece and one what I thought was kind of ingenious, the studio provides them clear mask. So like it's full plastic, they're covered, but it's completely clear. So you only see the little outline. So there, I can, I, they, and they had a full beat face underneath, full makeup and everything. So I was like, oh, I kind of love that. Like I like safety protocols, but cool, your face there. But I had one girl when we were setting uh, uh, a featured part in the piece who didn't have her clear mask but her eyes told me everything. Like the minute she got the choreo, she said, great. And I was like, all right, sell it to me. And she was so in it from just the eyes. But I also, to her advantage, she always had this beforehand. From the, mm-hmm. I picked this gig up from another choreographer, uh, another choreographer that's a friend. And he was like, oh, I fully expected her to give that to you because she's always had it. So it wasn't something that I'm with you. It wasn't something that was lost. It was a lot of conversations where they thought they had lost something, but they actually had it. And that's what I've been finding quite interesting. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that I'm hoping that because of the the lack of bottom half of your face to ex- use expression, that more and more and more kids um, are learning to use the rest of their face as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like learning that yes, you you can have you know stuff going on with your mouth in terms of expression but that like that really actually translates to your whole face like i can tell whether or not you're smiling under there i can tell if you're listening i can tell if you're giving me emotion i don't need to see it like physically but i can tell based on the rest of your face based on your body language because if you're not doing it with your face it tends to seep into the rest of your body and it almost looks like you're marking sometimes Mm -hmm. and i can tell Um, and so it's just something that, but then, but then we have the studios that are wearing their masks in the studio, but then they take off their masks on stage and they're not giving me anything. And that's when I get sad. (laughs) Well, and again, this is where I go to those studios and I understand the, 
that complication of we're in mask and studios, hit the stage, take them off. Fine, totally get that. But there needed to be, I hopefully there was a run or two before where like the, the studio owner who's ever in charge of the piece was like, hey, give me some faces because that is something I do think, and I that is kind of one of the complications of like, they lost, they may have lost a year of learning how to activate their faces. Because, yeah. and that's a true, like for those that don't know, and I've done this in my theater classes, but I've done it with my dancers too. Like I make them sit in front of the mirror and like play with faces because it's an active skill you have to learn that you don't, that it's like faces are not often given a lot of priority sometimes in studios or it, even in non-studio settings, like, but it's a part of your body too. So it shouldn't be, I feel as, as if it should not be ignored. And especially for these younger dancers, I think they've lost that time where no one just kind of focused on that because we were focusing on so many other things. Yeah, I totally agree. My second thing that I've been noticing a lot um, in competitions now is the lack of energy. Um, and I, in terms like especially when it comes to like a hip-hop or jazz things that should be more accented things that you really like you have to put out so much energy in order to really dance it and I'm getting like a third of what I feel like I should be um and it it's frustrating and I and I so for that I'm I attribute to because you can get away with not putting all that energy out there yep you don't even if I'm telling you full out as a dance teacher, you know, you can get away with um, not doing it fully out. And so then when they get into the studio to finally to rehearse it or whatever, they're used to not giving 100, 110%. They're used to giving 50%. So that's a big one. Another, and and so via Zoom and also in person, I've just generally been having a harder, at least with my students, I've been having a harder time getting them to activate that much. And it's one of those things that I'm trying to give them grace because I know that we are all going through a very stressful time right now. And I, like, I totally understand not wanting to put it out there, but you can also tell which dancers love dancing so much that they don't care and they will you 110%. And I've kind of felt that personally. I'm I'm sure that you might have too. Um I can be fully exhausted, but if I haven't been in a studio in a month and I finally rent myself some space and all I do is put some music on, I will dance 150% because <laughs> I don't care how tired I am. I'm so excited to dance that I was in a uh I was in a theater. I worked on a project a couple weeks ago. I, I was in a black box theater we were filmed, it's like a film, but like I was a uh, choreographer. So like, I just had like time in the space and the amount of just unnecessary jumps and turns I was doing just, and I was dog tired after a full day of filming, but I was like, oh my God, to just have this space again. So I'm, I totally agree with you with that. And one of like, and one of those things that I do attribute to Zoom that I realized getting back in a studio with these group of kids where was like, I'm not getting the lengthening and the lines that I want anymore. Like, and it would even, like, we were doing, we were warming up. So we were just doing grand jetés across the floor. So arms are just in, you know, fifth or high V. And I was, when I tell you, I was getting the droopiest willow arms. (laughs) Like I was getting, like, it was like one girl, I felt like she was like, like tossing her arms as she jumped. Like she would just would not go up. And I'm like, 
I know you guys have clean arms. Like I've seen you go through the arm, the 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 uh, porter bra exercise, and hit it perfectly. But what I realized, the porter bra exercises, the brains are on autopilot, so they know to extend. But the minute they're back in the studio and they have to do it fully, it's like, oh, I one, I have space to extend because some of my girls were like. They were like, oh, I finally have the space that like I can fully stretch out my limbs. But then I had others where I'm like, we know you have space because you've posted very strongly that you've had space to do dances. But now that the opportunity has come where you have to be in person again, you're just generally lacking that energy. And like, I will be, I was that person at first because I felt I've gone through this recently where it's like, oh, I don't have any stamina. Like my stamina is very low. Like I'm I, even like now I'm still doing exercise and things to kind of build my stamina back up because for me during the pandemic, I haven't done very long days, you know? So I've had had moments where I've been able to dance and do some things, but like we're talking four hours max versus, you know, pre-pandemic, the average New Yorker, our days are 10 to 16 very easily at least yeah <laughs> so like my stamina has gone tremendously down and I'm so at first I was like oh is it a stamina thing like do we need to work to build their stamina again but then I'm also just like I don't I don't know if you guys still have the passion for it and that is something that I think is going to be a little scary for a lot of dancers and studios and even concert dance, it, all dancers and artists, I think are going to have to address that the passion might have changed or it's not the same. Yeah, I actually, I feel like I've experienced that a lot with friends in the theater industry, which I'm sure you have as well, that through this have kind of discovered that like, yes, they still love this, but they don't have the same passion for it or they really love this other thing and they're just going to go pursue that for a bit or, you know, or maybe that's it. Um, I definitely had those thoughts. I was definitely like, oh, maybe I Always. should, you know, but everyone, we all went through our pandemic plan B, C, you know, whatever. Yep. Like, and, but like, I personally was like, no, I really do have the passion for this. So I circled back and I was like, I'm sticking it out. Um, which... Oh, yeah. Is you know, a double-edged sword in itself. But I have plenty of friends who didn't make that decision and I totally respect them not for not sticking it out. I absolutely respect that. And I, well, I also think it comes from like a lot, and we, we having danced as long as we have in our, into our adulthoods, I know plenty of people that dance when they were children and then like life happened, like they got into high school, they got into college, they got into, you know, numerous life things and they don't dance anymore. Because, or, you know, they had an injury, so they slowed down and realized, oh, my passions have changed. And I can't help but wonder, especially in being at a studio where I was like looking at 35 kids ready to learn a piece, like when you stop dancing for an extended period, that's usually when you realize that you're done dancing sometimes. And so that's why looking at all these kids, I was like, oh, one or two of you, I think you're actually done, but you don't know it yet. And far be it from me to say it. Far be oh. I'm, I'm just guesting in to be a guest artist. So I, as far be it from me to be like, oh, you, there's one of the boys that like he's fallen in love with sports. And he was always someone that balanced them before. Um, and then like just seeing it now, I'm like, oh, you are, you are definitely in love with sports now. You're not in love with this anymore. But I cannot tell you that your love is not dance anymore. I'm just going to set this court competition piece on you and keep going. Correct. Like, I feel like that's not... Because I've seen it in some students, too, where I'm like, oh, like, 
it's just the passion's just not there anymore. Um, or maybe it wasn't there to begin with. Um, but it's not, I feel like, especially as a teacher, it's not my place to tell you that. You have to figure that out for yourself. Maybe someone that's closer to you can, but I feel like it's, I will, I will always do everything in my power to help you get better, to give you advice. And then whatever you take with that is what you take with that. Um, but I feel like in terms of telling, like, unless I'm directly asked for advice on that kind of stuff, like that's not my place. Yeah. So I have to ask, do you feel that, excuse me, do you feel like competition dance or studio dance particular, I guess, has gotten more emotional due to the current current circumstances or less emotional or not at all? Do we we mean like performative emotional or just like as a student? I I think it can be both. I think it can be both. So I feel like performance wise, it's gotten way less emotional because we've kind of learned, stopped learning how to continue to use our face. Um, But I think that in terms, actually, this is something that's varied wildly from place to place. Mm -hmm. There's some places we've been that the studios haven't been allowed to be open for as long. Um, And especially earlier in the season when it was often a lot of their first time being back on a stage or in a competition for a year, that's when we, like, once we get to awards, we, like, we're all very emotional because it's the first time they've really gotten to dance on stage. Mm. The first time um, that we get to talk to them again. And like, and right now we are, you know, we're all keeping distance on stage and, and we don't get to do the normal, like talking to the microphone and like hand off the awards things. Um, But it's definitely like, because we'll, we will give our special awards like directly to the kids. And it's like that moment of them, like looking in your eyes and you're like, I'm, we're on stage together and we're dancing again. And that gets very emotional. Um, but the places that have been open for longer are not that way. They're kind of normal in terms of that side of things, I think. Has that been the same for you, Danielle? Because I know you've been back with your classes for almost a month, if not longer. Do you feel like it's gotten more emotional or less emotional? Yeah, so we've been back for about a month. Um I feel like it's gotten less emotional. I feel like it, it feels like the norm again now. Um, you know, like we all know what to do. Everyone understands the protocols. It's not a big deal. Um, however, I think in general, like I am more hyped every single day to see my classes and the kids are more hyped to come to class where like, sometimes in a normal year, it'd be like, oh, I have this class right now. Like, I just can't handle them today. Right. Which sounds like terrible, but everyone knows what now we're what teachers. We get it, you know, <laughs> because the kids do the same thing, right? The kids will be like, I don't want to go to dance today. Like I want to go do something else today. Um, but it feels more like everyone's just excited to be there. So while it feels more normal and less emotional, it's still like the excitement of, um, of being together. And I just feel like, like someone recently said to me, one of my coworkers recently said, like, you know, I just like, today was like kind of frustrating. Like they weren't getting the work or something. And I just like, I'm so excited. This happened like a couple of weeks ago. They were like, and I just like, I'm excited to be remote tomorrow and just be home. They're like, but that doesn't mean that I'm not like so happy to be back in person. Like I'm so happy we're back in person. Um, yeah. so, so yeah. 
I have to bring up, and I think, I don't know, for me, this feels like a big subject that's going to be very, an ongoing one, especially for the next couple of months, possibly year, or if not longer, with some of our younger kids, is quarantine comparisons. So, and we've talked about this on the show before, where like, when you're dealing with young, when you're dealing with young adolescents, in particular females, but males as well, but like, compare, comparing yourself to the dancer beside you has always been a very difficult thing for us dance teachers and choreographers to like, even as a director, like trying to get someone out of that zone of comparing to the dancer beside them and like getting caught up in all of that has always been a struggle. And now we've had a pause on dance for a year for some people. So like, as me and my family have been saying, I gained my COVID-19, you know? So <laughs> like weight gains, weight loss, you know, weight loss due to stress or stress eating, stress not eating, like all of the, you know, like mental health issues, all these things have kind of been festering due to the nature of the pandemic. And as things are starting to get better here in America, like that's coming into the dance studio with us. So that's why I asked my emotional question first. So I kind of want to delve in now and like, have you, and we can start with, I think, ourselves to start there to talk about ourselves for it, and then what we've seen out of our kids and our out of the dancers that we've seen um like I said I know for me it was the weight gain like I went from and then we've talked about this on the show I was very very I was in the middle of a full season and it was like immediate shutdown and then like I was pretty active when I was in the city but the minute I came home to the south I was good for the summer and then winter hit and I was like it's cold I'm not running I'm not going exercising and online classes never worked for me I was one of those people it never worked for me so like I'm pretty most I'm also because I'm more choreographer than dancer now like I'm pretty good about being like yeah we'll get the weight off we can do it but like seeing other people that like didn't go through a giant weight gain or a weight fluctuation I'm like oh that's a struggle that's a struggle and so I'm having to remind myself that and I realized how bad I got, again, in a room with 30 kids looking at me, 30, 35 kids looking at me being like, oh, they're having the same conversations with themselves or out loud, very out loud about, you know, how, I mean, they're kids, they're middle school, high school kids. So yeah, they were very loud being like, we had one girl come out of the dressing room like, I can't fit my leotard anymore because I've gained weight. Wait, I'm too young to gain weight. Like it was a whole moment where I was like, oh my God. We, we've got to deal with this. Uh, so how about we start with Danielle? Just like my struggles in general? Yeah, with our struggles first before we talk about that, what we've seen out of our kids. And the, just the comparisons and the difficulty. Oh, yeah. I think for me, um, it's definitely... I've, I've Okay, so I talked about this before. I've tried really hard through the pandemic and in particularly the last... Um, six, seven months of not comparing. Um, so I really feel like I'm actually in a place where I like actively don't. And like, if I find myself doing it, I just like step away. Um, but for me, it definitely came up with like, oh shit, like maybe I'm not the like choreographer teacher that I say I am because like, I'm not taking classes on Zoom. Like I took a bunch, especially earlier on when it was like, but I just like for me it's just like I don't have like a big enough space to like get super big um and it's just like 
I don't know. Like, I just like, wasn't feeling it as much. Like I wish I did more, but for me, I was like, honestly, I'd rather go take like an online mat Pilates class or a yoga class and like choreography in my like tiny little foyer space that I used to dance in. I think for me, so it was a lot of like, you know, am I good enough at my job? Like, am I still talented? Can I still create? Because I haven't been. Um, And I think like, that's probably a real one, right? Especially if you're like, oh, well, I wasn't taking class. I didn't do these things. Am I going to be able to do this? I think it's more, it's more for me, like the, am I going to be able to do this? Right? Like, even going back to teaching in, in person, I had a moment of like, do I know how to do this? can I do this? Um, so those were kind of like my fears that came up. But like I said, like, something that I've been doing is like truly trying to actively just like not engage in those thoughts and be like, no, I can do it. And I am talented. Um, and this is just me as a dancer, as a choreographer. Yeah. What about you, Grace? Yeah. I, so when, when we first shut down, um I freaked out and tried to because I I was very 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 active right before um I was taking you know a good five classes a week and I it was audition season so I was going to like a lot of auditions like 10 auditions a week probably um I was really, I was on top of it last, last audition season. Um, and then we shut down <laughs> and, um, so I started trying everything I could to stay quote unquote active in my apartment. And it took me a little while to like chill out and be like, it's okay for you to not be as active because we're quarantined. Like it's like you're literally, I was, I was not in this apartment. I was in a much smaller apartment. Uh, like 400 square foot that I shared with my boyfriend, you know, and I had to, I had to just figure out how to chill out that for me, that was the biggest thing is like for me to like, accept this is what it is right now. And that's okay. And you're, you know, but something I, I actually discovered or got good at uh, weightlifting during quarantine. And I started like actually cross training um, because before, before I always thought I was cross training by like doing certain things. Um, and then I got a personal trainer during quarantine and like actually learned what cross training as a dancer meant. Nice. Um, and so I, I feel very blessed that I, that I came into that. Um, and because of that, I actually healed a lot of my own relationship with my body that I always had before, but I never had. Oh my God, yay. First of all, that Sorry, we're very big on health here. So like, yay. <laughs> Yes. We love what secretly finding your healing along the way. Yes. And it was one of those things that like beforehand, I never had time to address it because I was so busy with so many things, but being Mm. forced to literally stop and do nothing else, but be with myself and with my body, it forced, at least for me, because I had wanted to heal it for a long time. I just never had time to. But because uh, once we stopped and I still wanted to, I actively worked towards a lot of it. And and I know it's not what happened for everybody, but I, I feel very lucky that I did heal a lot of my relationship with my own body through, partially through weightlifting, but also my trainer is very big on like, you need to take breaks. You need to chill out. <laughs> like You need a day where you just sit on the couch and do nothing and that's okay. And I think that's such a real thing that I know, especially 
New Yorkers and like performing artists, the idea of like a day off, like one day off freaks us out, let alone several weeks or months of just true downtime. Yeah. I have been taking quarantine class on Zoom. Um, I didn't really before I moved. I I currently live in like a 1,200 square foot apartment. Still with the human. Um, But I have a lot more space to dance. So I have been taking classes. I've actually more been all rent and share space with um, a good friend or two in the city and take class virtually that way. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of online classes, but they make my soul happier. Yeah. So I'll do it. And also because I do teach, um, it's like a taking class for me is almost a moment of self care, even if it's not, even if it's not the most like ideal situation, like it's online or it's not even like it's a pre-recorded, it's not even live kind of thing. It's still a moment of just for me. Absolutely. And I think it definitely, because that was actually, honestly, there would be times where that's where me and Danielle would find our piece where I'd be like, hey, I'm taking class this week. And it would always be that like Kickstarter for either of us be like, oh, if you found time, I can find time this week. When are you going? Cool. I'll meet you there. And so like, there was one week, I think we both had like school recitals. We were both choreographing like two outside pieces and we had like very little time, but we were able to squeeze in a class. And I'm like, oh, like, this is what I need. I wish I could have gotten that from Zoom, but it never, it never quite clicked for me. So like, I'm happy that for like someone, those classes are like clicking and they do something. And that, that healing from like being in class, because like, I know being back in a space with people and just moving felt so good again. So if people were able to even get a fraction of that happiness, I'm absolutely for it. Yeah, I fully 100% understand not getting that because there's certain classes that or certain days that I don't get it, but then there's other days that I like really do. So it's, it's really dependent. Uh, but coming back to the comparison thing, um, I, like Danielle, have been very adamant on catching myself if I find myself comparing and I will remind myself, Hey, your body got you through a whole pandemic. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know what you, I actually, I had COVID last March, um, like March, 2020. So, um, New York. Um, (laughs) so like legitimately my, like I've gone through this far. I'm still healthy. I'm still dancing anytime I can. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what anyone else looks like. Just be. So that definitely has to be, that's a, I mean, I'm spiritual. So I'm like, that's such a testimony. Like, but that's also like gotta be a wonderful message to your students that are coming back after, or maybe they have been dancing the whole time, but like just coming back and dealing with those comparisons and those battles again, that's gotta be a wonderful kind of like testament to give them to be like, I get it. I get it. We all we all are going through, you know, but cause yeah, I know that, that has kind of been, that's kind of been my fear of like have to, when it's time to have these conversations again, because I often get as a male dance teacher, often you get awkward conversations all the time. Um, cause younger dancers are predominantly female. So like, I'm already dealing with that array, but that's the part I'm the most concerned about is being like, you know, weight gain, weight loss, stress, and all those things type of that come about. So something too that like, and 
I work with younger students. Um, so it's not, you know, like, yeah, I think that once you get into like teenagers and stuff, you're definitely going to get more of the whole like weight loss, weight gain, just like more self-conscious body wise. But with my younger kids, like I just make it super adamant. Like I even have, I haven't had a conversation of like, you know, like we were in a pandemic, you were at home, like, excuse me, like you literally left last March and didn't come back until like you left March, 2020, didn't come back until April, 2021. Like, but I just have, I keep reminding them, like, especially like right now we're starting to work on dances for a performance and I over and over and over, like every eight counts, do I expect it to be perfect? They're like, no. I'm like, what's our rule? Try your best and never give up. Yep. I'm like, literally like fake it till you make it. Like, I just want you guys up. I want you moving. I want you trying. And this is why we're going to keep practicing it over and over and over and you will get it. And anytime I do see them get something, I'll be like, yesterday you got, we learned, we learned this section yesterday and you guys are like, that's hard today. You came in and you nailed it. So it's like every day we're just going to get better. We're all in this together. And I just keep reminding them that because especially I think for like younger kids, like we don't recognize it as much, but like they are really internalizing the pandemic a lot as well. Yes. And they're definitely also comparing themselves to their friends. Like just in terms of like, do you feel comfortable being in the classroom? Are you able to get your work done? Are you able to like do what, you know, Miss Colangelo is asking you to do? And so just reminding them that like, we're here to just dance and like nobody's asking for it to be perfect. And that's also made me be like, now, to be fair, we're doing like a talent show style, like virtual performance. And I said that, like, I'll have all my classes perform a dance. I'll choreograph it and record it. But it's also like just giving them lower stakes. Like, usually I'm a psycho by the time we get to like performance week. And I'm like, nope, like, we're making this perfect. Like, I don't care if you're in kindergarten, like, let's go. And like the shows end up. But this year, it's just like, yeah, I want them to be really good. But it's just using the language of like, you're fine. Um, which also I think like, we need to continue to tell ourselves, and I, I really hope, um, and we can talk about this at a later date, like, I hope as adults uh, that the adults are also coming, you know, going to go back into audition season and classes with that men mentality as well, that, like, just dance and try your best, and that's all that matters, because nobody is expecting it to be perfect, not yet, at least. And I think that kind of pressure, it's like, Cause you're right. Like with the high, with my high school kids, that was like, that was one of the questions that came up about like, if we're in person again, like we're going to have to be dancing in front of people. Like one of my girls, she's like, I've been wearing pajama pants and t-shirts this whole time. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be back in front. And so, you know, like, but I think you, so I'm, I'm trying to be better about doing the things I do for myself or my kids of like giving them that mantra of being like, you're fine. We're all fine. We're all here. We can do this. You know, like, and I, I'll do it to myself, but then I'll get in class and I'll be like, ah, wait, why aren't I giving you the same kind of like feedback that I'm giving myself? And that's what I have to constantly remind myself is like, I, they need to know that I'm also right there with them, you know, where it's like, I get it being back in person, like, standing in front of a crowd again, having to do all these things, you still have it. It didn't go anywhere. You know, you still have it. I think those mantras are something that you kind of have to remember and hold on to as you kind of continue to talk them through it. Yeah, I end almost every class with like a, 
like a really great work, go home, take a nap, drink a glass of water, go outside. Like, just mm-hmm. like regular, like be, be a normal person for a minute while you, you know, find those moments where you can do those little self-care things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely think the be a person thing is something that I hope as an industry going for not just competition, but across the board as an industry, I hope we remember those human moments because I think those are what's going to serve us in the long run as we continue to continue building an industry that we all want to be a part of again is remembering those human moments of, you know, we've all been through this collective thing. So like a set of, a set of instead of letting it deter us or break us down, let's use this as a positive boosting thing to like find that moment again. Um, definitely think that's important. Like we're all in the same boat. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We're going the same direction. We can see the island. It's over there. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But and sure. honestly, like, sorry, I know I said I was done, but honestly, like having that conversation with the kids is so much better than like, you know, like them looking up to you and being like, oh, they, they must have it so together and everything must be fine. And just telling them like, no, we're literally in this together. Like you're killing it where we're like, then they're just like, oh, okay. Like, like you said, Tony, like, oh, like they're a person too. And I constantly, constantly try to, especially with my high school kids, cause I deal with, so my high school is kind of blocked into two, uh, into upperclassmen and lowerclassmen. So like, I will have a class of like juniors and seniors that could be like working like two months mm-hmm. from me. Yeah, literally some of them as we approach graduation. So I try my best to be like, adults don't have it together just because I remember being that kid that got to adulthood and realized that all the adults were lying around me. None of you have anything figured out. And so I definitely like, I try my best to just break up any myths I can, even about like being a teacher, mm-hmm. dance teacher, a choreographer, where I'm just like, because some of my, I had a group of kids that swore me up and down. I had the easiest life. And I'm being like, I work at four schools today. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, but it must be so nice traveling. I was like, two of these schools start within 30 minutes of each other. And there's about 10 miles in between them. So we'll see how that goes. You know, so yeah. like little just stuff like, so I'm with you, like, remembering that they're human remembering that you're human and letting them know that like like grace said we all see it we're all going the same way i think it will serve them so much better in the long run than pretending that we have it together i mean pretending that we have things together and then seeing them fall apart is i mean that's more or less what the pandemic taught us if we're just being mm-hmm. honest so like mm-hmm. i don't that's one of those things let's not make that mistake again we all had to yeah. learn and hopefully we did so let's not make it up again saying that that brings us into our tip of the week or i love dance but uh so this moment in the show we just try to take a moment to like offer a tip or some kind of guidance or something that really just annoys us about this industry that we're in for me this week i my tip is the broadway conversation is coming and it's going to be difficult performers at every level and we've said on the podcast before it starts at the top and then it trickles down that is going to be a very difficult conversation, no matter whether you work at off, off Broadway, a Lord B regional theater or a 501 C theater, or, you know, you're just dancing in Omaha, Nebraska. I don't know the theater conversation of whether you want to go back to work for various reasons. is one that you are going to have to make alone. Please mm-hmm. do not let your friends, social media, the government, 
your parents, whatever religion you believe in, determine that for you. Because I promise it is a very complicated question and it's going to have a very complicated answer. So all I say, when that time comes, let it be your choice. Let it be your choice. I agree 100%. And with that being said, mine is not this, but I just want to quickly (laughs) piggyback. If someone chooses to make a choice, please trust that they thought long and hard about that choice and do Mm. not question their reasons and let them live their life. Um, But my tip of the week would be just to, to dance. So I've recently really pushed myself to like just dance every morning in my studio for myself, which I think I've said this before, I think. So like I'm dancing for myself before I like go into a day of like teaching kids all day. And I've pushed myself to like, record it and put it on social media because I'm not good at that. And it's just a reminder to me and the people in my sphere that like, I am still dancing and I am still moving my body. Um, And that when I push myself to do that, I'm dancing more and I'm dancing for me. And like this whole episode has been based around, I just posted, it's not about being perfect. It's not about having a costume on. It's just dancing to dance. Um, So my tip of the week would just be like dance to dance. Yes, I also, this is not my tip of the week, but I will piggyback for a second. Um, (laughs) As a judge, if you are enjoying yourself on the stage, even if it's not perfect, I will score you higher. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because you're enjoying it too. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. If your energy is is out there and you're just having a good time, like I'm going to feel that too. I want to enjoy it with you. Okay. Um, my tip of the week, I mean, it's a life tip, but tip of the week is that having interests outside of dance will make your dancing better. Mm, Having parts of you, having parts of you that are interested in something that seems non-trivial, but you still pursue it every once in a while, will just make you a more interesting human. And that translates into the way that you interpret moves. Whether or not they're directly connected, you can see it. I Absolutely. love that. That's Right, that's I a really that. good tip. Yeah. Absolutely love that. For well, sure. that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Uh, episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on all social media platforms. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are at point PYT on all social media. We want to take a special moment to say thank you to Grace for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, Can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on the Instagram at Gracie Goldfish, Goldfish, G-R-A-C-I-E, Goldfish, or on my website at gracestoffer.net. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I knew he liked me all the time. I want your pictures and resumes, please.